This week, I am really delighted to um, say that we have joining us for Cool Tools Show and Share, Austin Cleon. And um, Austin, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners, watchers? Yeah. Um, so I'm an I'm primarily known as an author now. Um, I describe myself as a writer who draws. So I make books with uh, pictures and art with words in them. Uh, the book that people probably know me for the best is this book called Steal Like an Artist. Um, and I've done a few other books, but this is the one people kind of know me for. Well, it's a real delight to have you. Um, we've had you before on our podcast and your tools are always interesting, refreshing. And I'm looking forward to what you have to share with us this week. So, um, we're now in the video format and we're going to actually have a show and tell. So um, we'll be able to show some of your tools. What's your first and favorite and most best of all tool? Well, the, the tool I'm really obsessed with right now, and I'm, I'm going to try to show you my desktop. So hopefully this works here. Um, I have uh, Pentel. I think it's Pentel. Yes. Uh, Pentel makes these brush pens that I am crazy about. And I'll show you what they're made of here. Let me share, let me share my screen. Um, hopefully you can see that. Yes. And um, so what, how these come stock is, uh, actually I'll just open this package. I have like about a million of these. Whenever, I, I don't know if, if you do this, Kevin, but whenever I um, recommend tools, I always stock up on them before, <laughs> before I recommend them. <laughs> Because they sold out. I've had yeah. stuff go out of stock. Like if I put something on my newsletter, I've had it literally go out of stock on me and then I can't use it anymore. Um, so let me just open up one of these and show you what it's like because it'll give you an idea of the weird, the weird thing that I do to them. What they do is they, they come with, it's just kind of like a fountain pen, really. It comes with two cartridges. And if you take the cap off, there's a nice, it's probably even hard to see. There's a nice uh, white brush tip on there. And if you unscrew it, it's just, you put the cartridge on, on here and then you get a nice black uh, brush pen. Cartoonists love these. Um, this is sort of what it looks like uh, when you have the black ink cartridge in it. So you can, you know, it's just, it's just like a, it just... It's just like a, it gets a real nice kind of cartoonist, right. you know, line like that. It's just, just like a brush pen. What I do with my brush pens that I just discovered in about the past couple of months is I have a set of, if there are any printmaking or artsy people watching, they're CMYK brush pens. So what they mm -hmm. are is I have a, I've modded these to do color. So I have a I have a magenta one um, that looks like this, and then I have a yellow one that looks like this, and I have a blue one that looks like this. And I can show people how I actually do this. What I do is I take a new pen and I use um, I use one of these black ink cartridges in another black because i have the black one here i'll use this up and then i'll clean it out 
and um like empty you know i'll ho- i'll like run it under the faucet and right. then like dry it and then i'll use i'll get ink from the art supply store and then my hack is a dull syringe syringes are kind of hard to find like just at like a drugstore I don't know, in, especially in an urban area, I think because of drug use and stuff. So I order these online, but these are just blunt tip syringes. So then what I do is I have, you could tell that this one's yellow. Right. So when this is getting low, then you can see like this one's pretty low here. I pull this out and then I take the ink, shake it up. <laughs> Hopefully you can see, it. is this coming off okay? Oh yeah, 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 it looks great. Cool, cool. and then um, try not to make too big of a mess, but I just like stick the, I you know, I use the syringe. Right. And I get a little bit of ink in there like that, and then I just right. stick it in this cartridge. So, so, you're, so are you saying that they actually don't make colors? They only make it in black? So they don't make this particular kind of brush pen that I love. They don't make this kind in different colors. Pentel does do some colored brush pens, but I just order these things in bulk. And I just decided to make my own because I just decided this was like, yeah, you'll probably get some people like, why doesn't he buy a regular brush pens? But there's something about this particular pen. I just love the style so much or the the feel and i can actually show you what it looks like when i i've got my diary here behind me so i can actually open up my diary and show you um let's see here so this is so this is usually how i'll use it i'll i i like to draw cartoons of my kids sometimes diary so you can see how i'm using the different layers of the ink pen um I'll do yellow first because that's the lightest color. And then I'll come in with like different color. I'll like lay it out with yellow and then I'll layer it up from there. Wait, that's so something I, I stole from uh, Art Spiegelman works that way. That's how. Uh, also, Linda, Linda Barry has a couple of exercises using three color. Yes. Um, overlays. And Linda is who I stole the whole concept of writing with a brush from because. Uh-huh one of the things that Linda teaches is that by slowing down and really paying attention to your letter forms, that's sort of like, that's your left hemisphere, right? That's like your laser brained, like that's, that's your laser focused left hemisphere. You give that hemisphere something to do, and then it frees up the right hemisphere to kind of bring stuff to you as you're, as you're writing. And that, that's what I learned from Linda. So that's my weird first tool. That's pretty nerdy right out of the box. So, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great, it's a, it's a tool plus a hack. Yes, um, exactly. A tool and, plus and, a hack. And the, and the thing about these um, pen, uh, Pentel brush pens is that like, unlike I say a calligraphy brush, you can carry it in your pocket and it won't leak. Yeah. So it has like a cap and it also keeps the ink from drying out. Right. So I, you know, I'll do, it's I'll do like I'll almost make my um, I, I'm 
I, I'm, I'm hesitant to open my diary because I never know what I'm actually going to open the page to <laughs> on screen. But um, uh, I'll, I'll almost treat the diary as like, you know, there are certain like editions of the Bible that have, um, you know, like like Jesus's words are in red or something like that. I grew up with that kind of thing. So sometimes I'll use um, I'll, sometimes what I do like, a, you know, I'll use the 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 colored ink pens with right. um, and then sometimes I make like, you know, I make maps and stuff, my bike rides yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's so these have really freed me up and I, I have a lot of fun with them. And the other weird thing that, yeah, so I've always been kind of a, a art supply hoarder. I think it comes from years of like <laughs> just having being a kid, not having a lot of stuff, right? Like just not having a lot of money to buy good supplies <laughs> and stuff. And now I still have that in me. So it's like, having the re having the big things of ink I, I feel like i use it now you know what i mean so i don't and i don't feel wasteful about using up a bunch of the cartridges yeah yeah so yeah now i'm just going to refill it so there's something about having that refillable ink that like i just i work a lot more because i'm not worried about like using up art supplies and you're using just regular um higgins like uh, pen ink i guess yeah so i use this higgins stuff for for the magenta and the this is this Higgins stuff is like it's lemon actually it's like super like bright and yeah. um for the blue i actually found this lammy fountain pen uh -huh. ink uh -huh. that i really like uh it's kind of more watery than that other right, stuff right. and i like how watery it is um it, it kind of lays on the page a little bit I see. like okay. nicer. It doesn't like bleed and get bloppy. Okay. I don't know if that's not our word, but. <laughs> so. Because I have, um, I, I have, I, I did a kind of a hack to my uh, inkjet printer where we had bulk ink yeah. on the side. Um, yeah. That ink is like, is incredible. The, is it a the, lot better than the, <clears throat> the cartridges? Well, a lot better meaning like it's indelible. I mean, it's like, it will, um, it's super super dense ink because cool. it's you know it's inkjet they're just little little bits of it yeah. and um uh it, I, we have big bottles of it um in in bulk i don't know if i even dared put it in a pen because if it ever <laughs> if it ever leaked yeah. you would never get it out i i had seen people like use syringes with like printer uh yeah. cartridges before so i think that's what kind of seeded the yeah. idea in my brain right. um, to use the syringes, but the syringes are key because trying to fill those cartridges yeah. otherwise, it's like, right, right, right. it's going to be all over the, I work at the kitchen table a lot, so I try not to make too much of a mess. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're going to get into some of the other tools, but I, I, I was wondering it, maybe if you have a chance to share how you do your collages and, and if you have technologies that you use for that. Oh yeah, people ask me about these a lot. Um, let me see if I can find whether you use ta you're taping it or something. Yeah. Um, so like, let me find one that I can show people. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So this is like, let me pull up. If you don't mind, I'll pull yeah, up the screen that again. One. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't share too much of this technique because I'm worried that I'll spook it and. Oh. Um, okay. But I'll give you a hint with these. 
first of all, I'll just pull the page. This is literally transparent tape uh-huh. and magazines. And uh-huh. it's just lifting images out of magazines. Like we used tape. to do with um, um, Silly Putty? Yeah. Oh, there, cool. it, it depends on the magazine, but there are certain magazines that are printed on really cheap uh paper and they yeah. there's a there's a drawing with the, yeah yeah um and the other things i do is i do these um i've been doing these word collages uh-huh. and um i do the same thing with those i lift type right out of magazines so when i see it it reminds me of like some really great letterpress work that i've the posters right. that i really like right um, right there's a guy named amos kennedy um, that I really like his stuff and I'm, this is just my attempt to try to do that, but yeah, it's literally just, um, transparent tape. Yeah. And, cool. and, and, and often using like, like other materials, like I did this one the other day and this is literally wow. just a bunch of, um, this, ticket stubs. yeah, it's just ticket stubs. I actually found in my, in the dumpster outside of my kid's elementary school. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, cause it's end of school. So everyone's throwing everything out. Like all the teachers are throwing things out. Yeah. So I found all these tickets and, and then I made this collage out of it. So it's kind of a combination of like scrap paper and then lifting stuff out of the, um, lifting stuff out of magazines. That's really cool. I wanted to just grab something, um, here. I did a little collage out of movie stub tickets. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I just love I the love colors. That. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I was in Athens, I was actually was in Athens, Georgia during this time. And um, I just love the colors, those old colors. Yeah. I, and I feel like collage is really, so collage does like a couple of things for me. And I've loved, by the way, I've loved seeing your daily art projects. Yeah. I, I love that so much. Um, but I, the thing that collage does for me is like one, it's it sort of is a way to, I'm kind of a hoarder and a collector. <laughs> and so it's kind of a way to take the, I hate throwing things out. So it's kind of a way to take scraps and byproduct stuff and a way to save it. Yeah. Uh, and I love that aspect of it. Like I like to collage my kids' homework. My kids come home with these goofy, like, worksheets the same kind of worksheets that like i had to do in school like it really hasn't changed that much in schools so they bring these worksheets home but i love like one of the worksheets that my son brought home was called um like heart work or something it was something about like the heart and and i just thought it was so poetic so i cut it up and and i paste it in my notebook and then i draw around it and, like make my own piece out of it um but Collage is also where I go when I don't have any ideas. Hmm. Like when I really don't know what to do and I don't feel like drawing and I don't feel like writing collage is always there for me because it's the most like direct, you just gluing things to the page. And, and that's another thing I learned from Linda, you know, Linda Berry that we brought up earlier. She says like, when we don't know what to do, you start gluing things to a page. <laughs> you know? It's like things emerge, you know? Uh, and so that collage, and, and it's been interesting. I know a lot of people who have turned to collage during the pandemic. Mm. Like it seems to, it's just one of those, 
it's one of those art forms. It's really hard to be bad at it. Like <laughs> it's like, it's hard to make a bad collage yeah. in a lot of ways. So, um, but it's really become like pretty central to my practice these days. And I feel like I'm, I'm creating a body of work that's so different than what I've, what I've done before, you know, cause most people know me from, um, my newspaper blackout poems, which right. look like if the CIA did haiku, um, you know, and, and then they know me from the books, which are all like black and white and the draw and yeah. drawing. So I'm creating this new body of work that really doesn't look like anything I've done before. And that can be kind of like, it's interesting as someone who has an audience for something else to do work that's just so different and watch people not know how to process it. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but that, that's exciting. You know, that, that I, I feel like you really have to push yourself and have side projects to keep yourself from self i mean you know that hitchcock said that style is self-plagiarism <laughs> like you want to push beyond style yeah. you know that was something in your advice your pieces of advice that i loved is you know copying others is a great way to start but it's a terrible way but copying yourself is a terrible way to end right um I, that was like one of my favorites and yeah so yeah it just felt so yeah so i'm I'm working on a project right now where I'm sort of I'm I'm working on a a new project where I'm sort of presenting art as a series of tensions that are unresolvable instead of like because I, I, I'm very interested in this idea of tensions and, and Heraclitus's idea of the harmony of opposites. Mm -hmm. And I, and I really feel like that tension of the known and the unknown, what you know, and what you don't know, like so much of the good work comes out of that, you know? Yeah. 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 And if you let yourself be like too pulled towards the known and re repetition and, and repeating yourself, you know, you're not going to get that good stuff that comes from the unknown. You know? Absolutely. So, so it's like this constant, you know, it's that constant tension in a creative life yeah. of keeping the lights on with work that is maybe sellable or presentable, but also pushing yourself to that new thing that they're right. going to want later or you're going to try to get them to want. Right. Well, I mean, there there is actually a study of this tension between exploiting what works. Yes. And exploring what is unknown. And that, you know, if you're you. you economically it makes sense to kind of exploit what you works and you have an income for versus going where it's unknown and unprofitable. And there, and there actually is a study on that ratio, which is um, it's, it's actually um, one, one to three. So it should be, tell me, tell me more. Well, it's, it's like um, two, uh, it's no more, it's no more than two thirds of exploiting to a third exploring. That seems right to me. Like yeah. you would, and I'm interested in this idea of ratio because um, I'm really glad you brought that up because it's going to go on my list of tensions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think Alec, I think it was actually Alison Gopnik that introduced me to that idea uh -huh. um, of, you know, she writes so well about kids and I find so many things that she writes about with parenting really apply to me as an artist. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always trying to tell people that it's like, right. people are like, well, you know, how are you, how do you balance art and parenting? And it's like, well, actually it's kind of the same. You <laughs> create like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, um, 
I, yeah, that, that, that's so, I'm so interested in ratios. Cause like when I was younger, I thought it was the ratio of making to consuming uh-huh. was actually flipped in my mind. Uh-huh. I thought that you had to work all day. Like I thought writers wrote all day and then they might read like for an hour. And then I realized like, no, actually it's more like writing for like Stephen King, like writing in the morning and then reading all afternoon. Right, 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 right. The ratio of input has to be like, like multiples of what your actual output is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That took me a long time as a young person to, to figure that out. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and, and also the ratio of uh, um, rest or slack to efficiency or productivity is, is, um, it's not a hundred percent. I mean, it's just like, it's crazy. It's, it's, that's, you know, that's, you're going to nose dies into the ground at a hundred percent, but that ratio of how much time you take off and don't right. work at all versus working is another interesting ratio. It's another tension too. Yeah. Another tension. Know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, um, let's take your second tool. Um, that you want to share with us. So, so yeah. So people get nostalgic mm-hmm. when I, when, so one of the, I'm going to share my screen again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you watch like a lot of my sketchbook page, I, I post a lot of my diary. It's really a diary. It's not, not really a sketchbook in that I'm not working. I mean, I work things out in it, but it's more like just a diary. That's like an illustrated diary. Um, you'll see a lot of, date stamps uh-huh. in there and people are very um it's funny people it's that it's that old joke where it's like um you know you're trying to like present your art and someone's like wow what 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 frame did you use for this yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like oh i post like i'll post a page for my diary and people are like where'd you get your date stamp so i i have a librarian background which I think is where some of this comes from. So like when I was working in the public library, there were lots of date stamps laying around like this. Yeah. 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 And one of the things I always joke with it, with people is like, you could go to any office supply store right now and buy one of these. These yes. are not, yes. these are not like obscure. They're like, not antiques. They're not antiques. They still sell yeah. them. So I have a bunch, like this is kind of like an old one that I probably stole from like an office yeah. Um, and, and this is, this is very like, like this says office. I'm sure I got this at office Depot, obviously. Yeah. And these are the kind that you just have like a stamp pad, pad right. You know, and then you just, you know, you have to do the, um, the ones I really like are self inking. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it just like takes a step out. So I have, I used this one for a long time. This is just like a Mizio, um, and it's just, it just has a, I think you could probably get one of those stamp rollers and reuse these, but they're just stamp pads that yeah. like fit in there and then just stamp it. And this is actually what I bring to book signings now. Cause it's, cause it's like really portable. And uh-huh. so I always like stamp the date in the book when I sign for people and it's like, kind that's of a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's fantastic. The the most extreme version of that I ever saw is Robin Sloan when he was on tour for I think it was Sourdough, his book Sourdough. He had a custom stamp where he would 
enter the longitude and latitude <laughs> of the location. <laughs> that was the nerdiest thing I'd ever seen, but it was very cool. I have a picture of him doing that. But, but my baby is this bad boy, the, the Trodat <laughs> Professional 5030. This is like industrial. This was 20 bucks. Like you can get uh, this on like Amazon or wherever. But this is like this is like a big, chunky, <laughs> badass date stamp. I love that. This is like big as your face. You know, it's like it's like but I love this thing. There is there is nothing more satisfying than just a chunk. <laughs> You know, so that's my, so those are my date stamps. And I, I don't really know, like, it's, it's almost like they're one of those tools that it's like, does this really, can it, do you, can, I mean, it is a tool, how useful it is, is is questionable. You know, I mean, is it, is it, it's not like it's really that much of a labor saving device, but I do find that there, I'm always on the lookout for like, physical visceral things that i can inject into my process that give me a sense of 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 doing something right yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so much of what we do is just in our heads so much right. i like finishing a page of writing and then taking the true death right right you know bam okay there's a page and and so there there is something about i i'm a big fan of like goofy rituals yeah you know yeah. i think we talked about this before just like any silly ritual that you can kind of like bring into your workflow and like it just it just makes things um tangible i'm just obsessed with and that's another thing i learned from linda i mean i could write books i mean i do i do write books full of stuff <laughs> i learned from linda but like that's another thing i learned from linda is just like bringing the physical into yeah he was able to talk about bringing the body and a sense of physicality into right. writing and cartooning in a, in a way that I'd never heard anyone talk. Sure. About. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you, you were talking before about if you get stuck in her advice, the other bit of advice that I use all the time is if you get stuck, just make a scribble. Yes. Start with a scribble. Yes. Oh my um, God. That's just magic. Magic. I have a friend who does scribble birds. Yeah. You make a scribble and then you just add a head and some feet. And all of a sudden it's, but that's an ancient, that's Leonardo da Vinci. You know, he'd tell you, oh, well, if you knew an idea for a form, just look at stains on the wall. Yeah. You know, so it's like, that's a, yeah, that's a great way to, that mark, that first mark, I think is, my son said something beautiful to my wife the other day, and I would love to write a whole book with this title. He said, oh, you're almost a beginner. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's it, actually. Almost about, I, that first mark, you know, it's, it's like people, there's a, oh, I'm going to forget who said it, um, but you know, there's this gap between doing nothing and doing something. Right. That's the thing to get over, right? Right, right, right. Um, it's the beginning, that first mark, right. you know? And I think that's what I like about collage, too, is that you just get some weird thing and glue it to the middle of the page. Right. And then you can start from that. It's like a seed, you know? It's right, like right, a, exactly. So have you gotten into rubber stamps? Because rubber stamps have some of that analog, visceral sensual feel it's a little bit like collage 
And like even Saul Steinberg was a huge rubber stamp guy in, in many ways. Um, I, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't gotten. Do you have your box of rubber stamps yet? I have some stamps. I was saving them for the kids, but I really should just use them myself. It's funny that you I mean, I the minute you said stamp, I, I was going to talk about Steinberg um, because he's probably another you know, absolute hero of mine. Um, I am actually, and we can talk about him. Like I, I found out he was a cyclist the yeah. other day, which I'm very <laughs> excited about. He's, he's Romanian and I'm, that's part of my background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was interesting is when I got started, I met Linda Berry, uh, a guy named Dan Sean, who's a great fiction writer. He has a new uh-huh. book out actually called sleepwalk. Uh, that's getting amazing reviews. When we were living in Cleveland, Dan was really, really kind to me and invited me to see Linda speak. And they invited us out uh, to have drinks with her uh-huh. after the talk. And, and I swear I've run my career off of a lot of those fumes, you know, just, just being around Linda, getting to know her worldview, getting introduced uh-huh. to her work. But the other thing that happened to me is right after I met Linda, um, my wife and I got, well, my girlfriend and I got married and we're still married. Yeah. Um, but on our honeymoon, we saw uh, a Saul Steinberg show at the Morgan oh. in Manhattan. That's what we did on our honeymoon. We went to Manhattan because um, we got married December 30th. And I, you know, so we went to where, where, where can we go? That's not too far away. You know, we were living in Cleveland. And so we went to New York and I saw this Saul Steinberg show. And I think it was like that, you know, a lot of life is like, I feel like a lot of things, it's like triangulation, you know, it's like there's two or three things that just create this field in which you see all this possibility, you know, and I think meeting Linda, and then getting introduced to Saul Steinberg, and really diving into his work and seeing it in person that just unlocked something in me to where I was like pictures and words together. This is what I want to dedicate myself to you know, and, uh, and that just on, you know, I, I've been interested, sometimes people talk about my books, and they say, oh, you gave me permission to work this certain way. And I I always kind of itched against that word permission, because I was like, I'm not a teacher handing out bathroom passes, like, I don't know what we're talking (laughs) like permission. But then I thought about and there were times in my life where there were these artists whose work gave me permission uh-huh. to do my work. So Linda Berry gave me permission. Saul Steinberg gave me permission. Nina Cachadorian gave me permission. Wayne White gives me permission. You know, this idea that we, we come to our gifts through the gifts of others, you know, right, and, right, right, right. And they blow open possibilities for us. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. So For me, it was Paul Clay. Yeah. That's see, that's a guy that I should know better. Yeah. And I'm like aware of his work uh-huh. and I should know better, but I still haven't like yeah. done a deep dive. He did a little really curious, weird book about the kind of um, the, the primitive essential elements of his symbolism. I mean, it's kind of really strange. Interesting. <clears throat> I know it was like, um, I don't know this one. Yeah. I, I should dig up the, the title of it because it's well, it's not known. It's not his, um, artwork. It was like a series of lectures that he did trying to was uncover it? the primitive um, kind of like elemental symbols that you would out of which all art would come. It was right. kind of a strange idea, but it Is was it, really It wasn't his pedagogical sketchbook, was it? It might have been. Okay. 
Well, we'll we're going to figure that out. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Put in the show notes as they do. Right. Um, I well, I would love to read that. I I um, I'm extremely interested in that that idea. Um, I have a couple of books around here that have been really influential on me. Uh, there's an Italian designer named Bruno Minari. I don't know if you know his stuff. No, I don't know that one. But he did some really beautiful books <clears throat> where he he did a book about the circle, did a book about the triangle, and a book about the square. And, um, and there's another woman whose work I'm, she's pretty obscure. Her name's Sylvia Fine, but she was a um, surrealist painter. She still is. She's, I think she's 101. She's still in like the Bay area. Um, and she wrote, she quit painting to raise her daughter, Heidi. And she wrote these two amazing books that nobody knows about. Uh, but have been really, really influential on me. One of them is called Heidi's Horse, which mm-hmm. is what she did is she, she, they, she raised Heidi on a horse ranch and they're drawings of horses from the time Heidi was like two to the time that she was like 18. And so the whole book is just the progression of Heidi's horses. Wow. I love this book. And I think it's out of print. But the other book that Sylvia Fine did is called First Drawings. And what she does is she traces the kind of progression of primitive art and the shapes. Mm. And her thesis is that children actually develop marks the same way that we have developed them as a, as a culture. So it's kind of this far out idea that it's one of those things where I don't even care if it's true because it's such an an interesting way of thinking about it. Uh Just paying it, it caused me, you know, I think all great art and all great books, they just cause you to yeah. pay different kinds of attention. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's caused me to pay attention to my kids' drawings in a way that I don't think wow. I would have otherwise. But I love those books. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, <laughs> this, this cover a third tool. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking you... about how I'm going to do that. I think I can actually make this work on the document camera. Um, so what I'm going to do, so what I, what I have only just discovered this tool recently. Um, I think it's a new addition to the iPhone iOS. I've had some people tell me that it's been on Android for a while. It's iOS's live text function. And this has blown my mind because I'm a guy who reads a lot of books and is always wanting to copy things out of books. So I'm going to be self-promotional and I'm going to be, use one of my own books here. So let's share the screen. I'll show you what this is. All right. So if I open this to, there's so many pictures in my books, it's going to be hard to find like an actual text page. Okay. So I'm going to put it on this page of text. If you're in iOS, let me see if I can get the camera to pick up the, this might be kind of hard to show. I think actually if I, let me, yeah, okay, now you can see, do you see these little bars that are coming Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. So if you, actually, I'm just going to take the picture. I'm going to take a picture of the text, and then I'm going to pull it up on the screen here. So this thing shows up. What this does is it makes the picture of the text wow. selectable. And so you can select this whole page's text, right. hit copy, and then open your notes app up, hit paste, 
and it's in there. You might have to like edit it a little bit. Right, right, right. But like, then you have the text. Right. And this live text thing, man, I have some fun with this. Um, the other thing that blew my mind, and we'll see if this actually works. So I'm going to open my diary, which is, of course, all handwritten. And sure, lo and behold, like this really freaked me out. So I'm going to take a picture of this handwriting from this morning. Um, I'm going to pull that up. And this usually works. Yeah, see, it actually recognizes my weird handwriting. Let's, let's see if it, of course, I said it was going to do that and now it won't do it. Where'd it go? Yeah, see how that's highlighting? I don't know if you could see that. So it's highlighting my handwritten stuff. Wow. So copy it. Go over <clears throat> to the notes app. Let's paste it. Yeah. So wow. It's like, so it's in there. I mean, it's not perfect. Right, but right. But it's really, I mean, it's only going to get better, you know. So I'm just, I'm just really that that live text thing i've had a lot of fun with it and it also works in um safari so if you pull things up in safari you can kind of like highlight text and pictures right. i'm sure it can be used for all sorts of nefarious surveillance purposes <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's it's great for making a common book if you're reading and you want to dog ear or a little page yeah. and put a note in it's just fabulous for that i use it with library books a lot right so, yeah, and this is built into iOS now. So, like, you don't really, I think you just have to have, like, the latest operating system or recent. But I, I've had some Android people tell me it's been on there for a long time that it's been able yeah. to do that. I just remember the day, I mean, I know you do. It's like, I just remember when OCR wasn't very good. Right, <laughs> right. Know? I was like, um, but I live text has blown my mind. But it's really reading library books because I'm such an underliner. And, um, but re like being able to just like highlight the text and dump it in a, a word doc, that's been awesome. Yeah. That's really great. That's a great tool. So Austin, your fourth one, what's your fourth, uh, cool tool. So my fourth cool tool is probably, it could be to me, it's the, my favorite, most interesting tool right now, but it might be boring to other people. It's my bicycle. I bought a bicycle three or four months ago and I have gone completely nuts for bicycling. I live Did you in, not have a bicycle before that? So let me give you a little bit of background. I grew up in the middle of a cornfield in Ohio. And so our, we lived on a little acre plot and behind us was a cornfield. And then we had a country road running in front of the house where people would drive 60 miles an hour in a big pickup truck. So, so like if I wanted to ride somewhere, like there's a good chance I was going to get hit by a car. So like, I didn't really have anywhere to ride a bicycle. So I had a bicycle, but there wasn't anything, you know, I'd have to like ride it up and down the short driveway. So I never really had a place to ride mm. a bike. So I knew how to ride a bike, but I didn't have one. Um, I was behind the curve in the sense that I didn't buy a bicycle right after the pandemic hit because I know a lot of people bought bikes right after the pandemic hit because it was a good way to get around and not have to take public transportation and stuff. But I bought this bike. I, there's a bike shop right down the street from me here in Austin because I live in Austin, Texas. And um, 
I went with my friend Christy, who's like a real avid cyclist, and I picked out this bike, just a pretty basic, like seven speed street mm -hmm. bike. Um, and I, what happened was, is I made friends with my 74 year old neighbor, uh, who's lived here forever and has biked, you know, for 40 years, 50 years, whatever. Um, he takes me out twice a week in the morning. So we ride on Wednesday and we ride on Sunday mornings. And I mean, this cat, I, he, it's like fight club. You know, because the first day of Fight Club, your ass is a wad of cookie dough. You know, I mean, it really is. He, it's it's incredible to me. But um, I have gone nuts for biking because it's open. It's done so many different things. I mean, it's the fervor of a convert right now. Like, I really have the fervor of a convert. One of the things it's done for me is Austin is a very outdoorsy city, which never made any sense to me because it's so damn hot here all year. but biking has kind of opened the city up to me and really we also have terrible traffic and everyone drives a two-ton truck and i mean it's very like or a tesla or with california plates uh you know, so it's like this is uh having the bike has opened the city and the neighborhood up to me in these really wonderful ways yeah um clive thompson wrote a really nice piece about how like and I think a lot of cyclists know this biking sort of in between walking and driving. Yeah. So it's this really nice cross mix of you're seeing a lot of things, but you're seeing them at a pace where you can actually process them. Yeah. So I love that about it. The other thing that's happened is I've always been what I consider an or indoorsman. So like I, I've always been like an indoor guy, not super physical, never really like played a lot of sports and stuff. And biking has put me in my body in a way that I don't think I ever have been before. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and I'm very, it also the bicycle, I was like, how are you going to make this bicycle thing fit with your other like interests? But it's so interesting to me because the bicycle is really an example of how man and machine can mm -hmm. emerge to make this other thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a really interesting way to think about technology because um, it's just like such a perfect piece of technology for me. It, it is. It's, it's yeah. actually one of the most efficient uh, transportations of any in the world, except for ice skating. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, um, a man on or a human on a, on a bicycle is incredibly efficient. If you think about that, you have basically a quarter horsepower powering this thing yeah uh, like 60 watt whatever it is it's it's it's, it's an amazingly uh, efficient machine and um uh if you put it in low gear hills don't really i mean you go up the hills yeah. so here's something that would that will i think transform your life is um bicycle touring okay it is the best and in in terms of america it's the only way to see america is on okay a bike. okay and um Cars are, you know, too fast. You don't see much walking. You'll just never get there. But a bicycle is exactly the right speed to see America. And there is a whole network, adventure cycling, of, of designed trails, uh, courses. They are on back roads. Um, and um, they keep you off the highway and still going in the right direction. So you can see fantastic. And there are 
there are about maybe a dozen long-term bike trails, usually abandoned railways or towpaths, where you could go hundreds of miles with not being on the street. Wow. And so you could ride from Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C. on a towpath. Wow. You can go from Buffalo to Albany on the Erie Canal towpath. And if you have a nice set of bags, um, you're camping for free, just about, and you have the only expenses food. And it's like the best, cheapest way to see America. I've ridden across the U.S. twice, from San Francisco to New York and from Vancouver to Canada. And I did it with my son. And it's also the best family thing yeah. you can do so your your, your kids uh, i've met a lot of families biking and it's very doable um you have to be the right age of course right but it's not difficult to do and it's really fun and you get to see the real stuff going on um and here's the last thing um you'll be heroes if you're doing a bike tour so what I did is I put a little sign inside the triangle that had a map of where I was. And every time I stop at a grocery store to get something to eat, I'd come out and there are people saying, wait a minute, <clears throat> you rode from there to here and they want to hear the story and they want to take you home, whatever it is. Right, and so, yeah. and so um, if you're bike touring, you're the hero. You're not just another person in the car. Yeah. Um, it is the best way to meet people. So I could go on and about this, but no, this, this I, I the next it. step for, in your transition yes. is, is to <laughs> bike tour with your family or your sons or your daughters, whoever it is. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is the best thing in the world. Well, I, you've given me so much hope because like I have two boys and they're nine and seven and they think I'm the dumbest, goofiest dork for <laughs> riding my bicycle. And I'm trying to play it cool. Because yeah. I know the more like you come at it directly, right, right, fail. But I'm like, part of the reason we live where we live in Austin is that if they have a bicycle, they can literally do whatever they want. I mean, they can yeah. go anywhere in the city worth going. And I am, uh, that gives me so much hope for the future. Because if I can just get them bike, I bought my wife a bike the other yeah. day because I'm going to try to hook her um but that 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 is beautiful and i i just really um you know it was walking before this before it was walking and but, i i but, was just yeah it, about walking. But biking is is the way to see things really really is yeah, so, so, yeah. so and also for your for your wife depending on wh where you are another step is an e-bike or pedal assist bike which sometimes for some people is just enough you want a low power thing it's just enough to get over that kind of sweaty state that you don't want to yeah. arrive in um and uh, that's another that's another level but they had, um, a, they had a linus half off down the street and i was yeah. this close with the <laughs> e bike, and i was like no i could buy i could buy two or three bikes for this but yeah yeah well here, here, here's what it is when you go on vacation rent some e-bikes yeah 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 okay um, and and, that, and by the way, that's another great way to, to, to try things out and to see things is go somewhere and rent an e-bike and do the tour on the yeah. e-bike. Um, that, that's another way to kind of try these things out. But so one it, of the things you brought up is having good bags. Yes. That was something that Clive got me into because he was like, look, if you can get some good paneers, 
paneers, like this is all of a sudden you could shop, you can like yeah. stop at the library, you know, the books. Right, right. So like the minute I put a 40, $50 REI rack on the back right, of that right, mother right. and then got these saddlebags, it's like, okay, now we're really having fun. Yeah. yeah. I was 35 <laughs> before I had a car. I just lived on a bicycle. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a mail order company where I would, every day I would load my back of my bicycles with, packages and a ride to the post office to mail yeah. them. So cargo bikes. Yeah. So yeah, my uh, buddy Hank, who I ride with, who's yeah. like, he's probably four or five years older than you. Yeah. Um, he told me the same thing. He's like, I didn't even have a truck until I became a house painter. Yeah. He's like, I used to, that's how I used to get around Austin was. Yeah, yeah. So. so it's really, yeah. Bikes are really great. I'm glad you have one. So I want to spend the last couple of minutes talking about something you're excited by these days, your latest project. I know you have a, a new edition of your book, maybe other things. Can you oh, tell yeah. us about that? Yeah. Well, the thing I'd love people to know about is the 10th anniversary of Steel Like an Artist is out right now. Um, this is the first time in hardback. Um, and it's a little bit bigger than the paperback we like kind of um which is fun it's got new end papers it's got a fancy little ribbon in it and there's a new afterward uh by me in the back so that's it this is like a great graduation gift you know you stick a envelope of money and steal like an artist that's a good thing um i love my newsletter uh and i highly recommend your newsletter which is you. free but not cheap Yes. And um, I have introduced a paid tier now. So if people want to hear from me another, you know, twice a week, uh, we're doing that. And the thing that's been so much fun for me about that is that that community that's forming in the comments feels like what the internet used to feel like to me. It's a bunch of people that kind of care about the same thing and they're kind of invested. You know, they pay money to read it. And I've been a really impressed by how helpful people are with each other because sometimes we'll have open threads and people are i'll encourage people like hey if you got a question i might be able to answer it but all these people that read might be able to right, answer right. it too so the community there is really interesting to me that that's kind of a surprise for me because i'm kind of alone i love people i love being around people i'm very extroverted but i do feel like a loner a lot of the time and so that's been really fun the the other thing I'm really excited about is I was going to do a book about uh, having kids and, and making art. And I avoided that for years and dreaded it. And I've kind of like put that off to the side finally. And now I have like three books that I'm ready to write, which has never happened to me before. Mm -hmm. um, so I really have like the next two to three to four years mapped out in my head. I mean, we'll see if it actually goes that way. So I'm really, what I'm really excited about is that the codex remains a technology that is uh, yeah. still kicking. And I love in my books how I've, you know, I mean, you can read these in ebook for sure. Yeah. Um, and I certainly make more money if you buy them in ebook. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny, but I, you know, we're really trying to take advantage of the book. Yeah. That's something that I really like to do. And I'm, when I started my career 12 years ago in publishing, I just assumed that this was the end. This is like, this is the last opportunity I'm going to have to do paper books. 
And it's been amazing how they've like held out. Is it? Yeah. You know, yeah they're, they're not going to go obsolete. Um, yeah. So it's a technology yeah. that works and that right. people love and talk about a self-powered technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? right. Cause I, like my, my theory of writing and books is really that the author making a book is like embodied energy, right? Yeah, it's like you, right. you stick, it's in the pages, but it's inert until the reader brings their energies, cracks it open and, right. and makes it come alive. Well, so, Austin, thank you so much. This has really been a delight as usual. Uh, really appreciate all your picks. Thanks for joining us in Cool Tools and um, best of success on your future books. Uh, thanks so much for having me. We're glad that you enjoyed this issue of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Just want to remind you that we have some other coolish material on our YouTube channel here. Please subscribe, comment, like. In addition, um, this Cool Tools Show and Tell is also available in an Audible podcast form. You can subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to other podcasts if you just wanted to listen. And if you're listening, know that there is a visual version of this on our YouTube channel where we're actually showing the tools and um, there's a little bit more of a visual component there. In addition, the same folks that put us, uh, the Cool Tools website out, we also put out a free newsletter every week. It's very, very short. It's one page or less. We recommend six very brief items um, that are very succinct, easy to read. You can deal with it in a couple minutes. And every week we bring to you the six cool things that we have uncovered and want to share. And it's called Recommendo with one M, recommendo.com. You'll be able to find it there. It's free. Join 50,000 plus other subscribers every Sunday morning. You'll get it in your email box. And it's actually one of the most popular things that we produce. But we do produce other newsletters as well. One of them is called What's in Your Bag. We have one that goes out to um, tools and tips for your workshop. So you can get those at our website um, and they are also free. And finally, um, I wanna mention the fact that um, we do have a Patreon and um, this uh, podcast and this vidcast are supported by Patreon supporters. The minimum is a dollar a month. And for that, you get um, an email to ask us anything. We'll respond and um, answer your question if we're able to. There are other higher levels. You can all see those at our Patreon page. And all those links are below right here. So thank you again for being a fan. And um, we'll keep producing stuff if you enjoy it. Thanks. Thank you to this week's patrons who include John Omer, Andrew Smith, Tom Hanks, Michael Burson, Steve Golden, Nick Gray, Cindy Sherman, Thomas Off, Rel Deshaw, and Sean Living. Thank you all. <laughs>